0: This place, mate, it's a tip. Get that skanky dog out of my way and all. I've got work to do. Imagine if you spoke to a customer like that. Are they going to recommend you to their family and friends or even have you back to do any more work? However much of a good job you did in the first place. The heart of any business is your customers. Let's be honest, they're the ones that pay you and they're the ones that recommend you to family and friends to help you grow your business to get more customers. So ideally, you need to keep them sweet. So in this podcast, you're gonna learn how to keep your customers sweet, how to make them your best friend, to help you get more work in the long run from that same customer, and also recommend you and your business to their family and friends. Along, fortunately, with a customer that got a bit too friendly. And yeah, that ended in tears. Toolbox Talks for Electricians, helping electricians reduce stress, gain back time, and earn more money. Good morning, everybody. This is Ben Poulter, your host of Toolbox Talks for Electricians. I can confidently say that the way I've been with customers over the years has definitely helped me grow my business and basically make more money. And some customers, yep, they do become friends over time. The sort of friends that you can knock around there to do a job, and you can say, oi, make us a cup of tea. It's not going to be the sort of customer relationship where they're going to buy you a Christmas present. Although that's not unheard of, I have had Christmas presents from customers in the past. And for this podcast, I reached out to a few of my customers, the the customers that I've done work for for over, I don't know, 10, 12, maybe 20 years. And I just asked them, why do you keep calling me? And a common answer that I got from a few of them is they said, Ben, you turn up when you say you're going to turn up. If you say you're going to be here that day, you'll be here that day. And you don't just turn up to say, right, I'm just turning up to show my face. I've got to get off because I've got another job to do. You turn up to actually get the job done. I've seen it so many times before where tradesmen turn up to a job and they think, right, I'm going to bash this out as quick as I can, get it done. Because in the back of their mind, they've got another job to do. They've got another job they need to push on, probably from a customer that they didn't finish before. Working as an electrician, you will know that things do not always go to plan. Changing over a board, for example, you're changing that board from the old wireless fuses to an RCBO board. Well, you put it all on, you've done it nice and neat, but that lighting circuit just keeps tripping. It's not like you can walk away and say, look, I've got to organize another time to come back. You can't use your lights for now. You've got to get that circuit on and working. So basically, you've got to spend your time to find that fault, not only to get it all working for the customer, but. You've got to get it working and done and dusted and signed off because, well, the main reason is you want to get paid. There is tradesmen out there that have got no end of jobs, all like unfinished, or there's a little bit to do, maybe a socket to put on, one light to go up. And they haven't done it for a number of reasons, possibly because, oh, we're just waiting for that material to um come in stock to be able to fit it. Or that's probably a legitimate reason, to be honest. Sometimes that does happen. But they might say, oh, I didn't have enough time today to do the job. I'm going to have to come back two weeks later because it just piles up. Sometimes you just want to get the job done and dusted. It's it's a better thing for me to get the job finished. And then you ain't not got to worry about it. You're on to the next. You concentrate on the next customer, the next job. This is a knock-on effect sort of thing. If a tradesman sometimes goes around to someone's house and says, look, I'll finish this another day. I didn't have enough time today. It becomes a knock-on effect. You've got like 10 or 12 jobs backed up where they're not completed. And obviously, if they're not completed, you ain't getting paid for them. And then every time you turn it to a job, you are probably getting a couple of messages or an email from another customer saying, look, when are you going to please finish my job? Well, that's going to put pressure on you as well for when you're, when you're working on one job. You're trying to concentrate on this one job to get it done, but you know for a fact that you've got to keep another customer happy to say, yep, yeah, okay, I'll come around this evening. So you're not going to get that job done and dusted. You're going to rush to trying to get home a little bit earlier. It's not a fantastic way to work. I would recommend always making a point of trying to at least finish the job, get it set and done to a certain standard. Even if you have got to wait because someone's come along and said, oh, I like them fancy USB sockets. Can you get them? Yep, you can get them. It's an option. But for now, to complete the job, I'm going to fit a white one because you don't want to leave the socket off saying, oh, I'll save myself 10 minutes later on down the line. I'll leave it off for a couple of weeks until that fancy socket's in. Get it done and dusted and paid and that can maybe a separate job to invoice for because i wouldn't recommend maybe leaving a socket off and sticking it in some Wagos. basically if it's a ring circuit because you've got to turn that on then to make it live for the rest of the sockets to work bit of plastic one for now just to get it done and dusted over time just to get that job completed because you know for a fact that kids have got inquisitive minds they think, yeah, the wire's hanging out there, that little orange tab. And then what happens if I move that? They just, they just want to touch things. That's what they do. And maybe in some houses where they've got, I don't know, indoor animals, where a dog or, I don't know, I've known of kids sometimes chewing a bit of cable. That cable's live. You cannot chew that bit of cable. It was hanging out the wall. It's sort of enticing them to do it. So, yeah, I want to make sure everything is non-accessible babies uh but non-accessible maybe because it's live you don't want to leave anything in a wago box or even if you put a plastic blanking plate over it that's something for nobody be, to be able to to touch them cables because i have had it before where the cables weren't live it was first fixed and someone had a house rabbit and i went back been Ill. they've got rats they haven't got rats it's a house house rabbit that had been chewing the end of the cable lucky it weren't live that house rabbit would have went bang So the first thing to do to keep your customers happy is turn up on time. This has been told by my other other customers. It's sort of a bugbear for customers if a tradesman doesn't turn up, especially if they're waiting in. Say they're sitting there waiting, they've had a day off work, they've scheduled a day off work for this electrician to come around, they've got nothing to do, and he doesn't turn up. Well, that's going to wind them up and probably make them think, well, I'm going to call somebody else, or I don't know, wind them up. A good relationship with a customer, make sure you just turn up when you say you're going to turn up quite easy really and maybe the same as you you're proud of your house a customer's house is their home they obviously call you up and invite you in to maybe make it a little bit better or to fix a problem that they've got and i admit it i'll be the first one to admit it that some houses you know the ones where you wipe your feet on the way out yeah you wouldn't let your dog live in there they're a bit of a mess But would you turn around and say to the customer all right, mate, this place is a bit of a dump. You want to clear up? It's not very polite because you know for a fact that when I've been into houses like that, the customer will always apologize. They'll say, oh, sorry, it's a little bit of a mess. And you know for a fact that's probably been in a mess for the last 20 years. You can tell because that paper's 30 years old. But you don't want to put them down. It's their home. You want to make them feel safe sort of thing, safe that you're in there and not embarrassed of the mess that they've got. And if you go around saying to them, it stinks in here, you want to clear up, they're not going to be comfortable enough to maybe call you back again. Well, sometimes, nine out of 10 times, you probably don't want to go back again. But it's a good customer relationship because maybe they might live in a bit of a dump, but not necessarily their friends and family if they recommend you to other people. And there was a property that I wired. It would basically got called around to do a test. And I said, yep, your lighting circuit is knackered. And after a little bit of further investigation, they had rats. So obviously they had the vermin controller, whoever was in there, to get rid of the rats. And they gave me a call after I said, yep, the rats are gone. We're confident they're gone. Come in and rewire the line circuit. Not a problem. Upstairs and downstairs, which it was lucky because they cleared all the insulation out of the loft. So I said to them, when you're clearing the insulation out of the loft, give me a call before you put it back. And the rats are gone because then I can get up there and wire. It's going to be a lot easier. So obviously I went in there, rewired the whole lighting circuit everything and all the cables we pulled out yep they've been chewed the rats have had a right field day they chewed the hell out of it although they've got rid of the rats the house was still well it is still a bit of a hoarding house they had a lot of old newspapers in there that were probably 30 years old a lot of opened food boxes that you could see the attraction for the rats while they get in there but i think they cleared a lot of that out to stop the rats coming back and it had been a little while before the rats had been there so obviously they'd called up sparky to say can't do the job get the lights on because it's dark in here at night for the old girl and we need to get the lights on. And we did a beautiful job. The lady had her lights back on. They're all working. We used our old lights. We put them back on because she was comfortable. She didn't want to spend a fortune. She just wanted the lights to work. So we took the wall lights down and then put the old wall lights back up. They were fine to be fitted back up. So we put them on, all on RCD protection. I think we changed the board there as well just to make it a little bit safer. But yeah, it was fine. It was great. Until a few months when um called me up again. They said, uh, can you come out because the lights are tripping? Not a problem. you got rats again. Took a few lights down, looked up in the loft. There was rats. And yes, it, I could do that again. I could charge the lady, say, right, we need to do it all again. Get the rat people in and I need to rewire your lights once again. But I, I couldn't have the art. I, I didn't want to say, look, this is going to happen every few months. It's going to cost you a fortune. We could wire it, the steel conduit, but it's a bit of a a cheating mode you want to get rid of your rats you shouldn't really have rats in your house especially chewing gables you could wire in steel conduit that might have stopped the rats but what they start chewing on the floor um, on the plasterboard ceiling and the lights started fitting down what they start chewing on the joists they're going to chew on something you want to get rid of the rats first before you go and spend a fortune and wire your house in steel conduit So I explained this to the customer as polite as I could to say, look, your main objective is to get rid of the rats. I'm not going to charge you a fortune to rewire the lights again until it's all done properly. Like you can't have the rats coming. Maybe, I don't know, maybe get rid of the food boxes. You've got to say it as polite as you can. The kitchen was full of food again. All the rubbish was back. It was basically a palace for rats. So she needs to do something about it. I don't know whether you could tell a family member or something. I just tried to help her out as much as I can, because I'm not a rat person. I just I know the rats loved it there, so you need to get out of there. You need to get all that stuff cleaned up to stop the rats wanting to come in. But I gave her a torch, isolated the lighting circuit, so obviously nothing bad would happen. Well, more than likely, it would happen to the ring main and the rest of the electrics. So I explained that to her as well, that this could escalate. But then I didn't hear nothing. That was a few years ago. And I'm assuming she just maybe called another electrician. To come out and rewire the lights. I don't know why or what she did that. I tried to be nice enough. I didn't want to do the job two, two or three times. It would have been easy because I had all the floorboards up before to do the job. So it would have been a nice, easy job. But I didn't have a heart in me to say, look, I'm just going to charge you every few months to rewire your lights. It weren't morally right in my eyes. And what is one of the main things that electricians are known for? Leaving a mess behind. I'm not sure where it came from, but. I'm assuming it's from being on site. And on site, there's a labourer, so why shouldn't the labour clear up? But in a domestic environment, in like a domestic house, in some, some customers' houses, it's going to score you some points having a hoover. Especially if it's cleaner when you left than when you first got there, which has happened a few times. I mean, leaving a house clean and tidy, it goes a long way in the customer's eyes. But of course, you don't fill the chases, anything like that. That's a plasterer's job. But you can, however, put a bit of PVA on them chases just to stop the dust from gathering. You can do it a few times. I've done it loads of times on a first fix on a house. If you're rewiring it, then just put a bit of PVA on them chases because when you're smashing around the walls and you're you're knocking holes in the walls, all that dust is going to keep falling. So if you put a bit of PVA on them, then it stops the dust from coming out all the time. And if you do clean up after yourself, it doesn't make it so obvious that the sockets are wonky. But also with customers in customers' houses, in their homes, they've got kids. And the little kids, they want to go, want to know what you're doing there, why you're doing it, how you're doing it, and what you're doing it for. And a good thing to say to the customers is look, can you get the kids out of the way? Because one reason you want to crack on and get the job done. And two, you don't want to give them the idea that it's okay to be able to mess around with these sockets. Kids do. They want to copy whatever an adult's doing, especially if you've got a tradesman in their house, like the little kids with the diggers and stuff like that. They want to copy a tradesman. So if they see some electrician maybe messing around with the sockets, messing around with the wires, then they're going to want to have a go themselves. So the best thing to do is say to the customers, look, can you keep them out of the way? Because you don't want to influence them to be able to play with all the electrics. And plus, you've got sharp kit in the tools, so you don't want them to be putting their hands in there, picking them up. And I would add as well, if I've got an over-friendly dog, ask to get that out of the way. I've been in a house before where I've been leaning down at a socket and the dog was a bit over-friendly. It tried to hunt me. And because it wasn't my dog, I didn't want to shout at it and tell it off or anything because I didn't know how that dog would react. It might go for me. It might get vicious, anything like that. See, the best bet to let the customer know, say, look, lock that dog out of the way because it's bleeding jumping on my back. And funnily enough, I do get a lot of customers that basically remember me because I take my dog everywhere I go. My dog is a, basically a van dog. He sits in the, uh, the seat all the time and he has done since a puppy. He sat in there since he was a little puppy and he pooed on the driver's seat. Of all seats, why poo on the driver's one? And yeah, I would say they remember him because he is a good looking dog. He's a good looking Springer and he thinks he's human anyway. And there's so many customers that I go to these days and say, oh, you still got your dog, Ben? Yep, he's in the van. And they'll have to come out to the van. So I'll give him a bit of a stroke or a lot of customers, they'll make a point of going out there giving him a treat. I swear that dog gets treated a lot better in some people's houses than I do. I used to remember one lady that I did a job for. She used to tell me to bring the dog in. She used to come out, meet me by the van and say, come on, bring the dog in with you as well. So whilst I was changing her light, she sat on the sofa with the dog eating biscuits. I do, however, like to keep things professional. There was one job I was doing. I was changing a board for a landlord. And she said uh, that one of her tenants, one of her ten- tenants said that, that she thinks I'm sexy. I thought, here we go. They're after a bit of a discount here. I said, thank you. No worries. But then I went home and obviously sent the invoice out to her. But then she got that invoice and she sent me a message saying, Ben, would you mind if I give you cash? Cash is not a problem. I don't mind if you can give me that. I'll pop round to get it. So the next evening, i pop round to get it. And then I did meet that tenant as well. That tenant, tenant, she was pretty sexy herself. So I said, get your coat off, we're going out for a drink. So with a pocket full of cash, we went out to the pub to have a few drinks. And it wasn't really a heavy night. Like we had a few shots, yes, to sort of get ourselves re- relaxed. And it was a good night and we got on well. But unfortunately, I woke up the next morning. I'd lost all that money. I dropped it somewhere in a pub. I can't remember where it was, but the whole amount of cash that she gave me, Dropped it, lost it completely. So don't go out to the pub with a pocket full of cash. That was my lesson learned there. Every customer is different. Some you might not have met before, so you've got to build up that little bit of trust for them to get to know you a little bit. When there's others you might have known for a little while, where well, you can nip around there, get your tools out and say, right, I'm getting my tools out, get the kettle on. You can just sort of have a laugh with them. And I think it's judging how you can get away with um, your sort of mannerisms and how you can get away with being with that customer that is a skill that is learned over time the more customers you meet you meet the more you get a feeling of how you can actually talk to them i think being a good judge of character that's probably a good skill you can learn as a tradesman with a lot of customers that i've maybe met for the first time I do. I, I do it myself. It's automatically I put a little posh voice on and say exactly what I've done, how I've done it, what fuse it's protected by, and maybe why I've installed an SPD into the board, what that SPD does. I just give them as much detail as possible to reassure them that I know what I'm talking about. And then these customers, they'll turn into long-term customers. They'll always phone you up. They'll even phone you up for them little jobs. like just want a light change bank in your you pop around and change this light? And then they'll realize later later on that you weren't actually that polite from when you first met. And there's something else which I know that customers love. I've been told before. Customers, they like a bit of paper. Just maybe not just the invoice to say how much they owe you, but a bit of paper to show in detail what they've done, like a test certificate, minor works, whether it's uh, emergency lighting maybe, so they like a little certificate, a bit of paper to say what you've done, how you've installed it, smoke alarms even. When you put a smoke alarm up, they've got a date on there, how long the smoke alarm should last, how you should basically test them smoke alarms. All the all the paperwork you give a customer, they do appreciate it. And the advantage of giving a certificate or maybe some paperwork is you can put on that paperwork as well. If you've noticed that maybe you've got a dodgy socket, maybe we should change that socket. You could upgrade all your sockets to maybe USB. That's another advantage by giving the customer a bit of paperwork with a recommendations staple to it maybe as well or attached to the email of what you think you could do to upgrade their um, electricity in their property and with all the certificates that i've used over the years i've created a download which i'll leave in the show notes down below that you could grab a hold of all these certificates then you that you can use as well to fill out for your customers and remember a happy customer makes a happy tradesman until next time i'll see you again just a quick little commercial to jump inside here If you're liking the content that I'm creating on Toolbox Talks for Electricians, make sure to leave a like, subscribe and check that little bell icon and that will make sure you're notified every time a new podcast is dropped. See you soon.